Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast, Medics, where three aspiring medics and one aspiring, uh, what was it, genius, technological genius, uh, talk about the medical news of today. So today is episode five, and we're going to be talking about growing up. So this is all going to be about sort of hormones. A lot of it's going to be based on hormones. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the menstrual cycle. We're going to talk a little bit about sort of the effects hormones can have on our bodies. And yeah, we're just going to start off, kick off right away. So, Kishore, what is a hormone? A hormone <laughs> is a chemical messenger the body uses to send signals around to specific organs. The hormones are released by the endocrine system, which is made of endocrine glands. And these glands are groups of cells which are specialized to secrete these hormones. Hormones are what are known as globular proteins. So they're basically like big globe-like looking proteins that are soluble in um, blood. So because since they need to travel around the whole body, it's helpful that they can like dissolve in blood because the blood is the main transport medium for your body. And so basically all your um, ribosomes and stuff synthesize the protein chain, which then falls into the globular protein, which is the hormone. And think what it does is it latches on to receptors on that every cell mem- cell in your body has cell membranes which have things called glycoproteins and glycolipids, which are basically what um, things latch onto. It's how your cells communicate with each other. Um, this is very useful for pretty much everything. Um, key examples are stuff like the immune system, where your body knows which cells are yours and which are foreign invaders by the antigens. And just generally, if you have a high glucose concentration, your body can then detect that using the antigens on your cells. It's useful for a lot of things. But hormones are specifically uh, cell signaling molecules that your body releases to specific target organs. That is fascinating. So, Kishore, uh, what what are some examples of, uh, of, of some hormones? Um, some of the most important horm- hormones on your body are the hormones for glucose regulation, which are insulin and glucagon. So how this works is, when your body has a very, very high glucose concentration, so let's say you just eaten some food and it's just your body's enzymes are just broken down the food, you would have a high amount of glucose in your blood, which isn't good at all. Um, you need it under control. You need to store it in other stuff. Um, so what your body would then detect the fact that there's high glucose and it'll release insulin, which is one of the hormones that your body uses for glucose control. So what insulin does is it triggers the liver because the liver is the target organ for insulin. Your body can then convert the glucose into glycogen, which is the main storage chemical for your body. Um, uh, so naturally, if you want to store it, you can have a way of getting it out. And that's when your body would realize when you have low glucose in your blood, it will release um, glucagon, which is the hormone that signals to your liver to, that it's time to start breaking down the glycogen into glucose. So then you have that, and that's how your body controls glucose. It's a self-regulating um, system and it maintains your body's glucose homeostasis. Um, so this episode is mostly about growing up and the most important hormone for growing up would be the growth hormone, which is released in your pituitary gland and it controls the growth of your bones and muscles. Um, some other key hormones are melatonin, which is produced in the pineal gland that regulates um, your day and night cycle, your circadian rhythm, which is very, very important and it and affecting it negatively can severely have negative impacts on your mental health, your cognitive function, and just your general well-being. Um, other 
key hormones are adrenaline and thyroxine and adrenaline. Yeah, so um, as it turns out, you know, I already said that you can get testosterone in women. You can also get estrogen in men. So men will also produce certain amounts of estrogen in their adrenal glands and in their testes as well. So it's also um, in, in men, of course, it has a different function as to what it would be in women, because in men, estrogen is responsible for uh, regulating sperm count in their in their testes. So, you know, you, you'll get both in both. So you get both hormones in both sexes. But at the same time, they'll have varying roles and varying amounts. So you'll get obviously more estrogen in women and more testosterone in men. So obviously you're touching upon hormones and testosterone and estrogen. And obviously that comes when we grow up, doesn't it? So obviously, well, do, do these hormones have any negative effects on us? Um, yeah, so basically one of the negative effects is acne. And it's normally caused by testosterone, actually, and androgens, which binds to receptors on glands. Um, and... More sebum is produced, giving you oilier skin. And this basically blocks your pores, giving you acne. So although it's considered as a skin disease, it's quite normal as it affects heaps of people at all ages. But then there's also risk factors like genetic, whenever you're um, menstruating, or sometimes if you're anxious, stressed, and also the type of climate that you live in. But, um, yep, quite... Um, normal amongst people, especially when they're teenagers. So, you're on about the acne and everything, but how can it be treated? Um, so, obviously, there's very different types of acne or, like, the type of skin that you have. You could have either really dry skin, really oily skin, and you still can get acne if you've got dry skin, but it depends on what type you have. There's cystic acne, there's heaps of different types of it, so you have to see which one would correlate with the type you have. Um, there's oral contraceptives, which sort of contain chemicals that counteract the production of sebum and stuff. And then there's also some creams and drying agents that you can apply directly to your um, to your spots and your acne, which will eventually fade over time. But also um, another common side effect of it is acne scars, which they do fade over time, but there's also different um, chemicals that you can put on them, which eventually reduce them. All right. And um, can these treatments have any side effects? Um, yeah, I guess they can. I think it obviously depends on the makeup of your body and how your body will respond to it, whether you're allergic or not. But um, yeah, you would need to check with your dermatologist first to see if, the, if you're getting the right prescription for your acne. Well, that was fascinating. So obviously yeah. that's, so, is that so. in both genders or is it only for men or is it, is it, is it unigender? Yeah. So obviously it's, um, both genders get it. Um, but I think I would say it's more common in females to have acne. Um, there's also certain birth controls that you can go on and there's things like Accutane and stuff, which will reduce, but those obviously have their own side effects and, um, it really just depends on which type of um, ingredients are in the um, chemical that will help your skin get better. Okay, so earlier I was talking about estrogen and the effect that it has on the menstrual cycle. 
Uh, Kaisha, can you take us a little bit more in depth yeah, about that? Yeah, so right. the menstrual cycle, um, obviously every female experiences it. It could start as early as nine or as late as your, in your late teens or about 17, 18. It just depends on how fit you are, how, um, like obviously the makeup of your body and stuff. So there's four main stages of the menstrual cycle. Um, in stage one, it's um, your obviously starts. This is when the lining in your uterus breaks down and that happens for four days. So that's the actual menstruation. And then stage two is when the lining starts to build up again. And it's like a thick spongy layer and it's full of blood and it's basically just in your uterus kind of building it up ready for an egg to arrive for it to be fertilized and just like stay in the uterus to keep it protected and stuff. Stage three is when the egg develops and is released from the ovary. Um, this is a day of ovulation, which is normally day 14, but obviously can vary from person to person. Um, stage four is when the wall is maintained um, and it could be for a number of days, mainly for 14 days, but again, it depends on the person. But if there is no fertilized egg, then the lining will break down and the host cycle will start again so we'll go back to stage one of it breaking down and so there's also four hormones for it um the first one is fsh and i think it's something like follicle stimulating hormone and it's made in the pituitary gland and this basically stimulates the egg to mature in the ovaries um and it matures into the structure called a follicle and this, this hormone, FSH, it stimulates the ovaries to produce estrogen. So estrogen is obviously produced in the ovaries and it causes the lining of the uterus to grow. So that's that thick spongy layer full of blood. Um, and this stimulates the release of LH, which causes the egg to release. So again, this is stage three, the day of ovulation when the egg is released. And this inhibits FSH. And the third hormone is LH, which I think is luteinizing hormone. And it... Um, okay, talk about what, luteinizing what, hormone again. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Okay, say second one is luteinizing hormone again. This, yeah, now? Yeah, that. The third hormone is... Mm -hmm. <laughs> The third... <laughs> Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Coming could not be worse. Uh... Okay. The third hormone is... Okay. <laughs> Dude, why? It's so, it's okay. so, like, she meant started. to do that. Everybody shut up. Everybody shut up. Just, just time it horribly every single time. The third hormone is LH, which I think is called the luteinizing hormone. And this, again, is produced in the pituitary gland, similar to FSH, and it stimulates the release of the egg at day 14, as known as ovulation. And the last hormone is progesterone. Um, this can also be seen in quite a few contraceptive pills, um, like um, the progesterone pill, the estrogen and, pro and progesterone pill, because this maintains the lining, making sure that um, the uterus doesn't break down. So progesterone is produced in the ovaries by the remains of the follicle and it maintains the lining of the uterus during the second half of the cycle. 
But when the level of progesterone falls, the lining will obviously break down as there's no more maintenance of it. And this also inhibits the release of LH and FSH. So effectively, it's inhibiting the um, formulation of the egg and the release of the egg. So the endocrine system I mentioned earlier is the entire system of your body's uh, endocrine glands. And each of these glands releases uh, specific hormones that's targeted to specific um, target organs. Um, so most of them are close to your brain because it, then it's because most of your endocrine glands are regulated directly by the central nervous system. So the main ones are the pituitary gland, the pineal gland, the thi- thyroid gland, the thymus, the adrenal gland, and the pancreas, which are uh, applicable to both sexes. The pituitary gland is the one that produces growth hormone, which I mentioned earlier. And it also produces antidiuretic hormone, which increases uh, reabsorption of water in kidneys. And that's part of the whole um, water homeostasis in your body and all the other ions as well. It also produces gonadotrophins, which control the development of the ovaries and testes. So the endocrine uh, system is kind of internally regulated. So different um, hormones would control the ability of other glands to produce hormones. So it's kind of or internally regulated. And then your central nervous system can also regulate it with receptors and all sorts. Uh, the pineal gland produces melatonin, which I mentioned earlier, and that's for controlling your circadian rhythm and day-night cycles. And it also affects reproductive development as well. Uh, the thyroid gland produces thyroxine, which controls your metabolism. The adre- adre- adrenaline produced in the adrenal gland also regulates metabolism, but they kind of have different purposes. Thyroxine more directly increases your glucose uh, consumption rate and promotes growth, while adrenaline is more increasing your heart rate and breathing rate, but it also increases blood sugar levels. The thymus produces thymosin, which promotes production and maturation of white blood cells. So if, let's say, you got infected by some pathogen, the thymus gland will have to come into play, and your whole body's um, immune response is partially regulated by a thymus but the immune response is extremely complicated and it has its own in-depth um uh self-regulatory systems the pancreas i mentioned earlier produces insulin and glucagon which are what control your um blood glucose levels um the special thing about um insulin and glucagon is they have their own set of homeostasis maintaining systems as well because it's one of those things that just has to be always constantly maintained because if a blood sugar level gets too high your cells can start to dysfunction and if it gets too low your cells also dysfunction so it needs to be maintained in a sweet spot spot for a long period of time continuously okay so hormones (laughs) they are used for so much stuff in our bodies you already know how they naturally act in our bodies how they regulate our bodily systems, how the endocrine system works. Kishore told you all about that. But some more sort of uh, commonly known uses of hormones. So uh, hormone therapy, that's a big one because, um, you know, you're seeing more people nowadays uh, in the 21st century, like, you know, changing genders um, and, you know, receiving this hormone therapy in order to sort of identify the way that they want to. And, um, when people are transitioning maybe from male to female, their hormone therapy will involve larger amounts of estrogen 
and uh, less amounts of testosterone. And, you know, this will sort of make them more feminine as such. And when people want to go from female to male, uh, they take uh, testosterone in their hormone therapy. And, you know, this will have effects of making them more masculine. After a few weeks of hormone therapy, they'll start to have a deeper voice. And, you know, it really helps them to fit better into their gender identity. So, you know, hormones are really doing great things for society nowadays. Things like uh, contraceptives. So you get hormonal contraceptives, you get just patches that you can put on your arm and instantly the hormones will enter your body and they'll stop your uh, egg cells from being fertilized. Or if, if in males, they can stop the sperm cells from being potent enough to fertilize the egg cell. And as a result, you know, people can have safe sex. And it, it's just the effects of hormones are quite underrated in today's society. A lot of the things that we take for granted tend to be hormone related. So a lot of the sort of uh, medications that you take and you know things that you do which you don't really think about will contain hormones. So in a sense, they're quite essential to our growth and survival. And um, we should be quite grateful for having them in today's society because sort of 50, 60 years ago, um, things like hormone therapy didn't really exist. If you felt that you were a transgender, not only did you have the societal sort of uh, the society looking down on you, you also couldn't blend in, you couldn't fit in better to your identity as you could now. And that brings us to the end of today's episode of Medics. We hope you guys have enjoyed listening to our podcast. Uh, and of course, it goes without saying, but all of the opinions held in this episode and all of the facts displayed are our own. And we're not medically trained. We're not medical professionals. We're not doctors. So please don't take our word for anything as medical advice. If you do have any concerns about anything we've said, please refer to your GP or doctor. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye for now. Bye. Bye. Say bye. 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 B